Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dating, Laughter and Disasters with me, Lulu Johnson. A show that's all about the highs and lows of modern dating and on this podcast we're laughing about it. Joining me this week is TikTok and podcast sensation The Dating Orange, an Irish woman who has clocked up over 60,000 followers and as of recording is number four in the Irish podcast charts. And you guessed it lads, she's talking all about dating and just like me she's out to make you laugh. Orange shares with me some stories from her 53 first dates that she's been on and it seems Irish people are just as kooky as the stories that you'd gather here in Berlin. From a lad keeping an emergency supply of food in his car to being serenaded with a yodel in a pub in Dublin, we also touch on the topic of urination. Gross, but as always, lads, there's a funny story that goes with it. And as always, lads, please do like, share and subscribe on whatever platform you are using. And if you too would like to come on the show, slide into my DMs on Instagram at datinberlin underscore book, or you can email me at datinginberlinbook at gmail.com. So without further ado, lads, let's get into it. Yo! So, Dating Orange, welcome to the show. Thanks a million for having me. I'm excited to be on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> I'm delighted to have you on mine. Uh, so, Orange... It's actually very strange calling you that name. I know, I don't, like, I never called, or never told anybody, like, what to call me. How was it? I, when I started that TikTok, I called myself shifting and drifting as a joke, because that's like a thing in Ireland to be, you know, shifting and making moves. Like, you know, I'll shift you and I'll walk on, shift somebody else, you know. And then nobody knew what that was, and then people thought I was a car page, like, drifting. Like, Tokyo Drift or whatever. So then... Uh, because I had that massive orange filter on my head, which was like pure accident that I chose that, I just decided to go with the date in orange and I changed my name. So like, how did the whole TikTok thing actually come about? So basically in a year ago, so August 2022, um, I set up a TikTok because I was talking, always like going on so many dates or whatever and the girls would get these stories on WhatsApp then afterwards and they said, look, you need to start a TikTok all these stories because they're gas and they were looking forward to every time I go on a date and I'd come back and send them a voice note and I was mortified because I didn't want I didn't think firstly it would go anywhere and secondly I didn't want anybody to put my face to like my constant failed dates so I was like no fuck that I will write a blog and then they were like blogs aren't a thing anymore like nobody writes blogs and like who'd be looking at me you know who'd be reading that uh, so I started a TikTok and yeah, it, it flew up then. And then people said that they liked how I told the stories and could they send me in stories. And now I read out other people's dating stories as well. And you have a following of like 60,000 on TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah 59,000, yeah. That's insane. And you're number four on the Irish podcasts for like in, in the relationship category. Saw that today. I didn't, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. You, yeah. When you show me how to like what, yeah, what links you look it up for all this crack. I saw last week you were number 10 and I, I checked today. I like to just go through to see who's out there and you were number four. I was like, fucking hell, it took us like a week and you're, you're six six positions up. So fair juice to you. Jeez, thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I've been taking a break from it now for the last few weeks. I'm not starting on to season two until maybe March, I'd say. It's tough going this podcast and crack when you have your own life to live, like, and work. So you're not taking a break in order to collect more stories or anything? Oh, I'll be taking a break and then, like, lining people up to talk to. So I've already, like, just been in a conversation, like, you, I definitely have you on, because you're a good crack and you'd be, like, great person to talk to. But, yeah, just kind of accumulating things, but lightly haven't really, you know organized anything properly yet i'll get past christmas first yeah exactly it takes time and uh, what what's your current dating status uh 
nothing. Um, let me see, what am I on? Absolutely nothing ever. Just existing. I'm on date 53 was the last date I went on. That was about nearly two months ago, I'd say now. I, I just, I fucking can't cope with it anymore. I went speed dating there. This this is hilarious. I actually haven't told, told the page this or anything, but I went speed dating about six weeks ago or, or four weeks ago and I matched with one fella but I had said yes to I think three fellas and only one had said yes to me and we matched but that fella was an art teacher and he also matched with my friend now she wasn't arsed with him at all and I was like ah he wasn't my number one and I kind of panicked at the end and I said yeah you know and he sent us both the exact same email which gave me the ache because it was like oh, I wish that we had more than the four minutes to chat. This kind of stuff. And I was like, you're doing your whole. He said that you know, to your friend as well, so? It was copied and pasted. Oh. It was the whole, the exact same. Oh, like it was great chatting with you. Four minutes isn't long enough. Wish we had more time to enjoy the crack. This kind of stuff. And I was like, that's so funny that we're the, me and my friend were the exact same situation to you. So I felt bad then. I, I really didn't want to not reply. She just didn't reply. So I replied and said I was away for a week. Can I take this back up when I come back? And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Enjoy your week off. Now, I actually then put up a video from the date in Orange TikTok of the speed dating event. Just kind of letting people know that the event people and like, you know, that they have other shit on as well. And didn't he see that? Emailed me, my personal email, and said the dating orange question mark. Best of luck now. Laughing face. Oh, oh shit. So he sussed me. But then the fucker, what the fuck are you laughing at? You dope. And I said, I replied and said, what an odd fella, laughing face, wave emoji. I didn't want to confirm or deny, but like, piss off. Yeah, you know? I mean, screw him for like, you know, the, the insincerity of him copy pasting to, to the two of you. Do you know, like, I mean, if he was decent enough, surely he would just write, hey, it was nice to meet you. You know, like talk about, like mention something that you'd maybe talked about on the date. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I'm sure God knows if he matched with me and my friend, God knows who else he matched with there. He probably sent it around to a few women. And I was just thinking like, I was nothing but nice and respectful to him. Do you know? And like, he decided, he saw that I had a following on TikTok where I talk about dating and for whatever reason felt the need to insult me about it. Do you know? Like if that, I don't understand what he was looking at. He must have found it cringy either that I talked about that or he thought that I was using him for content or he didn't want to be talked about, you know, or something. I have no idea, but... Bullet dodged. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And I, I'm so chuffed that I was like, I don't want to talk to this fella. Like, I just got a bad feeling then off him. And I was like, I'll tell him I'm away. And that's a nice way to let somebody down <laughs> instead of saying, you've given me the ick there with your copy and paste. Can but I, I did it a nice way, you know? Go back to the start of this when you said you had 53 dates this year. No, um, okay. Jesus. how long is it now? Two years, two, two years and probably three months, 53 first dates. Oh, wow. And there was a few people in there that were like, you know, seeing them for, you know, whatever, three, four, five dates, but they're very rare. It's mainly just first dates because in my twenties, for my entire twenties, I was in two back to back relationships and I just feel like I don't want to waste my time anymore. So were you on these first dates with the intention of trying to find a new relationship or just kind of having a bit of fun and meeting new people? Oh, no, like definitely looking for the love of my life 
type of thing. Um, and when I go on a first date, I'm like met loads of nice fellas, like loads of weirdos, but loads of nice fellas as well. And I'm like, oh, I'm not looking for another boyfriend. I know that this wouldn't last. Um, so best just to cut my losses now after the first date. And kind of that's how it's gone on. Jesus. Okay. Do you have any memorable first dates? Oh, let me go. Yeah, there's loads now. <laughs> I bet then, there's loads. <laughs> so one fella when I was... What age am I now? I'm 31. I'd say I was probably 29 and he was 39. We met in Dublin City and he said, let's go for a drink in the market bar. And that's in Dublin City Centre, Grant. Everybody knows it. Handy to get to. And he, I had a hike the next morning. So I told him I'm only going to go for like one one alcoholic drink and like maybe a non-alcoholic because I really had to go then. So when I got to the market bar, I walked in and I had to do a loop at the place and he wasn't there. And then I went and I texted him. And he didn't reply for like five minutes. And I even have the manager trying to help me and everything. And he was like, you know, walk, kind of walking me around. And we were throwing the eyes around. And finally he texts back and he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm in the Idlewild bar. It's next door. I thought I was in the market bar. And I was like, Grant. So I went in, found him, sat down. And he was trying to explain himself. And he said, oh, sorry, I took ages to reply to you. I went up to the barman to ask where I was and the barman had such a thick foreign accent. He was like, I do what I I do what I So he was imitating the poor foreign barman saying like, you know, he could, geez, he could barely speak English. Like he was saying, I do what I And I was like, oh my God. And he was roaring across the table at me. And I was thinking, is he a racist? This is like, you know, you, it's so embarrassing. And the night carried on. And I realised, like, there, there was no way this was going anywhere. He told me this story of how he had gone on a date with a girl. Um, the first date ended up having to be cut off early and they were going on a second date. So he said they didn't really get to know each other too well on the first date. Second date was the cinema. They went upstairs and she said, are you getting food? And then he was like, oh, no, I actually have food in the boot of my car. And he turned to me and was like, I actually keep food in the boot of my car for emergencies. And I was like, oh, Jesus, like, you know, we, you live in fucking Kildare. What kind of emergencies would you be? You know, it's like you're in the middle of the desert here. And he was like, oh, just if I forgot my lunch and work, you know, I'd keep a few tins of sardines in the boot of my car. And I said, I've never eaten a sardine before in my life. What do you do with that? And he said, sardines on toast. And I was like, OK, fair enough. So he was like, actually, in this instance, I didn't... Uh, I must say, I had a multi-pack of Manhattan popcorn and a few cans of Coke in the boot of the car. Like, just by chance, he was saying he happened to have this cinema food by chance in the boot of his car, the cheap bastard. So he left the girl there and he went downstairs, took the food out of the boot of the car. He was like, do you want some? She was like, no, I'll get my own here. They went up, whatever, left the cinema that day. And he said, uh, he said to me, oh, I got this massive essay of a text the next day. And before I even looked at it, I knew right well she was fobbing me off. And he was kind of like rolling his eyes, you know, kind of doing this. And I was like, oh, yeah, because fucking obviously. And he was like, maybe I came across a bit cheap, did I? And I said, yeah, you definitely did. Now at this stage, I was fucking counselling the man. Like trying to tell him, like, you did. I said, I've definitely done that with my long-term boyfriends where we've brought our own food in because we didn't want to have to pay but I wouldn't be at that on a second date before you even know them like Jesus some fellas just don't or people in general they just don't mm. I mean it's great to be yourself and be authentic or whatever but kind of like you know make a bit of an effort on your first date like and sardines and he's saying sardines on toast had he a toaster in the back of the car as well oh yeah <laughs> pretty much. 
He must have, he must, did he have the bread? He must have been stealing the bread from work. There must be like a loaf of bread there and he takes the tins of sardines in. Imagine working with him and he's putting his sardines on toast. Oh, but after that, he never... Oh, he said, do you want to get another drink after this? I was like, no, I'll have to go for that hike tomorrow. We never spoke again after that. Uh, but I, there about a month ago, or maybe, no, it must have been more than that, came up on my Tinder gold as having liked me again. And I just think it's hilarious. Why would you try round two? What's the saying? Leave lying dogs lie? Let sleeping dogs lie? Sleeping dogs lie, yeah. <laughs> close, close. <laughs> close. So like, what's it like dating in Ireland? Like me, what, what are the Tinder profiles like? I've seen a lot of your posts on Instagram. Like, are these all Irish profiles that you're reposting? Um, mainly. Um, I have my friends are in Melbourne and they send me over. But also a lot of them are Irish fellas in Melbourne that they're sending me as well. Um, what do we see a lot of? Like gym pics. Like I'll immediately swipe left if there's a fella who looks like he would eat himself for breakfast. Do you know, if he's like, oh, look at my abs or look at my muscles or something, I'm like, uh. But if he's kind of like having fun on the beach and he sneaks in a little sneaky body pic that way, I'm like, yeah, fair play to you. You're trying to do it. I never swipe right on the fellas that are posing in the mirror with their six packs and stuff. Because for me, at least, I would just think, if that's all you're posting, where's your personality? Do you know what I mean? I'd wait for the fellas to look like, you know, like look like they're acting the maggot. But if that shows the side of their personality, I'd be way more into that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And if a fella just wants to spend his week in the gym, sure, you're no good to me. I wouldn't mind a little fuck buddy. And I can't even find one of them now. Well, I've never, I never had a fuck buddy up until... 12 months ago because before I was always able I wasn't able to fully disassociate but I've had like a Spanish guy on speed dial for the last 12 months and it's great because he doesn't speak English so we speak German together and like I get him to try and speak his English in his Spanish accent because it's hot but like uh, I'm not I can't connect with him in any other way so it's perfect for me to just totally That's disconnect. Idea. Yeah, and like I wouldn't see him often, but when I when I want some, I can go ask for it, and I I can get it. Like, but this is my first time ever actually having a fuck buddy, and it's handy to be honest. And how often how often are you hitting him up now? Was this like a once a week kind of thing? Is it? No, like I'd say every two months something. Is it yeah. okay? Fair <laughs> because like... you know we have busy schedules too. I mean, like. Um, I, I don't need it from him that often at all. I, sometimes I just ring him up for the cuddles, to be quite honest. Just want a bit of attention. Oh, yeah, fair play. Even that, that would be ideal. And like, yeah, you're dead right there about the... If you can't communicate, you know, it's going to be very difficult to form a bond to them. But you know what I often think of is, what was that movie? Was it Love Actually? And it was your man who played yeah. King King. The Portuguese was... woman. Yeah. And they, and they fell in love even though they didn't speak the same language and I'm like lads that's bullshit or that's just not a good idea because how can you know anyone if you can't fully communicate especially back in those days there was no Google Translate do you know what I yeah. mean like I would have thought oh that's cute like you can fall in love with someone you don't know but like that's that's a massive no that was that was a lust Colin Firth when she jumped into the water after all his pages and then she was coming out with all the wet clothes on he was just horny out <laughs> But I love Love Actually. actually. Is that the movie? Oh. Was, so it was Love Actually, okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, so like um, when when you're able to emotionally disconnect from someone, I think that's my advice to you. Just get someone that you don't really like as a person. I would like a fuck buddy to have until I can find the love of my life. Just to keep me going. 
Yes, I get that. But uh, if he's really good looking, you might get yourself into a bit of a situation. Okay, also though, the, my Spaniard is very attractive, but because we're not really connecting on the same language and he's not like ready for a relationship, but I've put that aside. But be careful if they're sexy. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Look, a woman has needs, something to say, they have to keep me going. Um, so, like, what, what what dating advice would you give to people? I'd say, well, first thing, I suppose, if you're going on drinking dates, best to cut yourself off so that you don't confuse yourself the next day. And also have your boundaries, like, like know what your boundaries are. And if somebody crosses them, just make sure that you're, you're happy enough to cut them off. Because <clears throat> what I notice is that you go on a date or a second date and then somebody will start kind of slow ghosting or breadcrumbing so like afterwards to somebody else it might not look bad but you know that they're taking way longer to reply to you now or their texts they're not making as much effort but they're still holding on to you and like I I know that something has changed so if you notice a pattern like that like I think just best to cut things off but I, I kind of have a very cutthroat way of dealing with things. Like if I notice that somebody's somebody's behaviour has changed towards me, I know right well that they're not trying to keep me. If they were trying to keep me, they would be more keen and forthcoming. And also I wouldn't change my passion or behaviour after a date. Like, like either I'm interested or I'm not. So if I'm interested, I will continue how we were going before. And if I'm not interested, then I'll end it. But a lot of men just want to keep you there while they look for somebody else. So best to put them in the bin nice and early and move on because if you think about how your your husband or like you know whatever your man how would he treat you like would he be leaving you until a few hours before the date to actually make plans do you know like no he wouldn't um do you know if if he if all he wanted to do was like meet you at night time for drinks all the time that's not what my husband would do so just know what your boundaries are and if somebody doesn't meet your expectations put them in the bin so like put your time into finding somebody who's worth it you know and like which dating apps would you recommend like like what do you use are you only on tinder tinder and hinge i've tried people on and off but i i don't really write first so i'm not i i when i do write only 50 percent of them reply Oh, good. So, yeah, I'm the same. I am the exact same. Well, I've actually, since last week, just deleted all of the apps again because I couldn't be arsed. But I was impressed with how grown up Tinder seems to be from when I was on it like years ago that you can now kind of say what you're looking for. And I feel like the men are a bit more respectful, but I get matches. I, I message and no one gets back to me. But I had, a, I had a girl on the show last week. She is a compatibility expert. And she was saying that like men get on average like two matches a week on dating apps. Like, I was complaining that I'm getting two a day. Two? But they're getting two a week. Yeah. Surely not. Not all men. Well, so, there's a, there is a, there's different pools of men. There's the men who are average looking, or there's the, the really sexy guys who are in this pool of, they have master's degrees, they're higher educated, they are um, better paid and all of this. And then, like, the average Joes aren't getting as many matches. All of us women are going for the same kind of hotties. I've heard that, but I don't think I do do that. I genuinely, I put myself, like I wouldn't want a man who I thought was way more better looking than me. Like I wouldn't be comfortable. I'm like, no, I'll get like a man who like suits me. 
And I th- I think I go for the well, I go for the average Joe's in looks. Like I don't look for a six foot fucking three Adonis who has three degrees and speaks seven languages. Like I don't even do that. I just want somebody normal like me and I'd be like, just good job, good car, good crack. Do you know, normal life doesn't have any major mental health issues or anything else like that. And so I just think that's like normal. I don't think I'm looking for anything extreme. But uh, you must have another wild story or even from like one of your one of your stories on your podcast or something. So I have this story where I did a three part TikTok on it because uh, it was so long. But I'll, I'll give you the main points of it. So April a year ago, I was going to America and this was during COVID. April a year ago, I think so. Yeah, it was. And this was during COVID. You had to do like um, a test before you got on the flight if you had COVID, then my holiday was totally ruined. So this man, though, he was, again, 10 years older than me, and he was into having these an hour and a half phone calls every night before our first date. And I was thinking, this is an awful lot of graft here. I don't want him to be at me for my 10-day holiday, so I'm going to meet him before I go away so I can cut it off if there's nothing there. So I had to go into M&S a few days before my holiday, and I had told him, look, we'll have to meet outside and, you know, social distance. We'll just have a couple of pints and I'll head on. So I got to MS and he rings me off his friend's phone. He said, my phone is dead. We're up here in the Duke and Lemon off Grafton Street. Come up to us. And I was like, what are you talking about? I am trying to social distance here. I'm not going on a first date with you and your friends. And then he said, and the way he said it, he was like, we're sitting outside. And I was like, okay, I still don't want to go on a date with you and your two friends. He was like, okay, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Let me, give me a call back on this phone when you're done. I'll come up and get you. And I said, grand, rang him. He came up, we linked arms down the road. He brought me in, sitting outside, him and his two friends. One of his friends uh, was from Sligo, like lovely fella, but just kept bigging him up saying, oh, you know, he's a great catch or whatever. And I was like, thanks very much. Now, in fairness, they only stayed for 10 minutes. Off they went. But your man, I don't know how many pints he had at this stage, but he was just, the things he was saying was, he wasn't slurring his words, but I was like, there's no way you can be sober and telling me this information. So I had told him that I was, I had a new housemate moving in and that she was a friend of a friend I didn't really know her that well. And he said, since I'm young, I've always had these weird powers and my mum used to call me a white witch because I get these feelings and they'd always be correct. And I feel like you are just such a, what does he call me, like, kind and compassionate person. This girl who's moving in is going to walk all over you. And she's going to, you know, and saying all these very severe things, walk all over you. She's not going to respect you. And, you know, this is all going to happen under your roof and this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, like I was half a pint in. And I was like, good Lord. And then he went on to tell me that his parents had split up when he was young. And he went to live with his dad in this little bedsit. But the dad was an alcoholic, but apparently a very loving, lovely father. And him and the father would sleep on the couch together, despite there being a bed available for him. And the father would regularly piss the couch because of all the drink that he had had. And I was like thinking, good Lord, this is so much information. And then he said, such was the love I had for my father. I didn't get up. I stayed there. And I could feel the warmth creeping up. And there was something comforting about that. And it was the way he said it. So like, 
It wasn't bad enough that his dad was regularly pissing the couch and he was sleeping there, but he would remain in the piss because he thought that this was kind of nice. This is a nice moment. Jesus. And I was like, huh. Oh, and I was like nodding and smiling. And then I said, and what would you do then the next morning? And he was like, I'd hop up like and get a shower. And then uh, when I came out of the bathroom, dad would be up with the hairdryer drying the patch. And uh, he'd be like, oh, I just spilled some water or whatever. And that this was happening like semi-regularly. Like, how did this man tell tell me the story? I don't know. And as the night went on then, oh, <laughs> oh, as the night went on. So we had two drinks there because the second drink, I tried to get away after the first one. He ordered the second drink when I wasn't looking. Then we went on and I went to get a Lewis. And no, I was getting the bus. He was getting the Lewis. The Lewis was en route. So I thought I was safe. I was like, there you go. There's your Lewis. Now see ya. And he, he owned a business on that road. And he asked me to look in the window. It was a few steps up. So I looked in the window with him. And unfortunately, a bouncer of a business next door recognised him as owning a business on that road and asked him to come in to this new bar that was there. And he would give us two free cocktails. So now I was like, fuck me, would it ever fucking end? So in I went. And he, he dropped his cocktail on the ground, smashed all over the floor. And then he started yodelling an Ed Sheeran song to me across the table. And at this stage, I was done. And I had no shame or politeness. So I just said, can you stop? Can you stop? And then he was like, fuck them, about the people at the table next door. And I said, like, no, it's not them. It's me. Can you stop? Fucking yodelling. Ed Sheeran at me. He was like, like this. And then I thought I'd, I'd actually never get out of there. So I, I hopped up. And he had again gotten more drinks. Do uh, you know when he'd be ordering and then he'd be like, can we get the same again? And then I, I would, didn't want to be like, no, no, I want to leave. So I just left it. And then uh, I, I got up and I paid the bill and I said, like, time to go. And I just bombed it down the road. But he was bombing it after me and he couldn't understand why I was getting a bus. And he must have asked me three times why I was getting a bus. And I think he just thought if I got a taxi, he could hop in and get a ride. Which I find is like a common thing. Like I, that's happened to me a lot of times. Men being like, would you not just get a taxi? Why are you getting a bus? And I'm like, because I paid two euro or 25 euro. What do you mean? <laughs> and do you think fellas are trying to get in the taxi with you to go home with you? Yeah, yeah, oh. 100%. Yeah. Oh, sneaky. I think they'd just be like, They'd be thinking, in my eyes, if I'm, like, getting a taxi, it'd be like, do you want to get in? Whereas there's no way I'm going to be like, do you want to get on the bus here with me? We go home. (laughs) (laughs) It's less romantic. (laughs) But they should know. If I'm, like, three times, I'm like, no, I'm getting a bus, and I'm also trying to leave. And I was like, your Lewis is back there. You can go. And he was like, no, no. No, no, I'll bring you. And then eventually he gave up. But it's funny, at the start of the night, he said, you know, I get these feelings about things, and I get a feeling that me and you, even if this doesn't go anywhere romantic... We're going to be friends for a very long time. And then I never heard from him again after that night. Jesus Christ. To, to, like, to tell you the story about the piss is very strange. And for it to be real. And like the first image that came into my head is like, do they ever wash the sofa? Or is the place always stinking of piss? That's gross. I'd say, uh, surely. So if you're pissing on a sofa, and a sofa with all its like foam, it's just, ah, uh, yeah. I'd say it was in bits. It was, a, it was just a... A bed says, your man was an alcoholic. I think he was a heavy smoker as well. I, the picture that was painted there was not a nice one. 
Well, you've just reminded me of a story that I had when I was living in Melbourne a couple of years ago. Um, I was staying in a hostel at one point and I had been dating this guy from England for a while. I'd met him in the hostel. And he was also a heavy drinker. And I remember it was Halloween night. I decided to stay in while all of the friends that I'd made at that hostel were going out. It was like a Wednesday night and I was working the next day. So I said, no, lads, I'm just going to have an early night. And uh, we'll call him Danny. His name wasn't Danny. Danny was a very heavy drinker and he said he was going out for the night. So I thought that's grand because we, we were sharing like a bed, uh, um, bed bunks in a private room. But like we were sh staying in a single bed together at the bottom bunk. And anyway, he came back early and I was like, for fuck's sake, I just wanted to sleep. And he came back super drunk and he came into the bed with me. Uh, we went to sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I feel very wet and warm and not in a good place. <laughs> And I just kind of started tapping the side of my leg and I was like, oh my God, I think he's after pissing on me. So I, I stood up and I was like, Danny, you fucking pissed all over me. And he was like, huh, huh. he just like, he was, what's the word? He was obliterated. And so a couple of hours, like, um, I can't remember where I slept. I didn't get back in the bed. It must have either been the next bunk or I slept on the ground. And I woke up at like seven to go to work and he had kind of come around. He had sobered up a bit. And I was like, Danny, do you remember pissing on me last night? And he was like, oh, he said, did I? I'm surprised it hasn't. He said, I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. And I was like, okay, so this is a common thing for you to just like piss in the bed, is it? It was so strange. And at one point when we were saying that hostel, he just pissed in the sink that was in our hostel. Like, you know, like... We've met a lot of men that do that. Oh, I pissed, um, like my ex pissed in the wardrobe multiple times. When he was uh, drunk? When he was drunk, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh... I know another one who used to repeatedly piss the bed when they were drinking. And like, it's, it's very, it's actually, I, I didn't know that other people didn't know or experience that with men as much as I fucking did. I obviously know how to pick them. A lot of pissers. Jesus. Well, that's another memory that I have. I was at a house party when I was in, in, in college back home. And I remember going to a house party, going, like it was someone's there, their whole family was out, but we, I ended up sleeping in a bedroom with someone, but it was a kid's bedroom. And I remember waking up, waking up like in the middle of the night, hearing like running, well, what I thought was running water. And I stood up and it was my friend and he was pissing on a giant, on a giant Pikachu teddy bear. In the oh no, the poor Pikachu. It's fucking awful. What a fella's like. How would you even clean that? It couldn't even fit in the washing machine, I'd say. Fuck's no, sake. definitely not. So like some stranger's <laughs> pisses on this poor child's um teddy when it gets home. Like it's fucking awful. They're crazy. Oh my god. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never pissed in the bed as an adult. I mean, I, I I will admit, if I laugh too hard, a bit of pee might come out. But like that's peeing with joy, you know? Not because I'm oh, well, not no, I no, I used to piss the bed as a child now, flat out. <laughs> but now not as <laughs> much. <laughs> My best friend convinced me to go back on Tinder after years of not being on it. And I have tried my best. And it's been about five, six weeks and I've had no luck from it. So I'm done. No. no. So in the meantime, I'm going to try and like just be more forward when I go out. So I did actually, I kissed a man from Cork the other night. Oh, yeah. from Cork. I'm from Cork. I was I was out at a party, and before I left the house, I kind of psyched myself up a bit because I was like, you know, it's not working online. I look good. I feel good. I'm in a long glitzy dress. Go out and be a bit more confident. And I ended up like chatting with this lovely guy from Cork. And okay, he doesn't live in Berlin, so nothing's going to come from it. But like, it was just really nice to know that actually, if you psych yourself up mentally before you go out, you know, your energy comes off, and people can recognize it as well. 
having a bit of drink in, and it was such a good atmosphere in that party anyway that, you know, that may have enhanced it too. But I'm going to try do something different because there's no point in flogging a dead horse. Yeah, yeah. Either way. I don't know, it's just a real life thing. I suppose I'm just not used to, like, I go out and I go out with my friends and, like, I, like I'd like i be up at a bar, but then, you know, whoever the fella is that you're kind of rubbing shoulders with, you might kind of chit-chat. But that kind of, I rarely get approached and then the people who do approach me are people that I wouldn't be interested in. So, unfortunately, that doesn't be working out for me. Like, I went on a date, date number 51. Or 52, can't remember. Anyway, he was an absolute ride. I thought, and I never think this, this is it. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, this was like, oh, I was chuffed with myself. Uh, we went out, and went out to a pub, then to a pub quiz, and we spent about nine hours together. Um, met at like five, second like early hours of the morning before we left. And then had great crack at the pub quiz. I thought he was way out of my league physically. And... We just got along, same sense of humour, everything was great crack. And then he kind, his, his uh, behaviour, kind of pattern of behaviour changed after that. And he, we talked for a full week after our first date and he never brought up a second date. So we were flat out texting for, sorry, for the week after. We were still sending a few messages every day and rolling over to the next day and sending a few messages. But it was taking longer between, he was taking his time to respond. Like, just let me go then. But my issue was actually that he had come out of a long-term relationship a year previously and I he just went on Tinder a few weeks beforehand and I was the first date that he had gone on. So I'm 50 plus dates in here and I was his first date. So we're obviously on two massively different, whatever, totally, trajectories. Yeah, yeah. Just totally different paths, basically. He's new yeah. to the dating scene and you are very experienced. <laughs> exactly. So after that, I just said, um, you know, Basically, I'm not into this confusion or whatever. You haven't brought up a second date at all. He said something about... Then he replied and he was like, oh, sorry. Um, I'm flat. I have my friends coming over from fucking England this weekend. Um, and he said something about some other dates that he couldn't do. And it's all just up in the air at the moment. So he wasn't trying to, like, you know, pin me down on any date, really. He was just fobbing me off. And he worked in Dublin City Centre two days a week. So even if he said you know, I can't do anything major on this Tuesday, but you want to go for a coffee or get a feckin' burrito, anything, mm -hmm. you know, to show that he actually did want to see me again. So I just replied and said, I'm not looking for a pen pal, you know, all the best. Um, And like, it ended fine. He, he, then he sent me a picture of something that he had come across in an article that reminded him of me. After that, I was like, why? Again, I think men just like to think that you're there for them. I'd say you know, it sounds like this guy just didn't actually know the etiquette of dating. Like once you, someone has told you you don't need a pen pal, it, he shouldn't have ever texted you again, to be honest. Because I, I had that recently as well. I was had a few dates with a guy who'd just come out of an eight-year relationship. Really lovely guy, had never done the online dating thing before. And he's randomly like texting me here and there. And I'm like, babes, no, it's just like, you. we can be friends. If you want to be friends, let's talk about it. But like, we are nothing at all. But like, we're either yeah, exactly. something like... In the middle, I just don't do in the middle. But he actually just doesn't really know how to date, you know. So I well, think he only texted me the once after it, and then then he stopped. I'm assuming that he's dating other people. But when I found out then that I was his first date, I was thinking there's no way that he's going to be like, oh, I like this girl. Even if he did like me, he's probably going to think I should see what else is out there. I've only just joined Tinder, so I was like, 
Yeah, this could too good to be true here, definitely. And it was. I'll leave them off. Uh, so, Arne, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks a million. <laughs> Delighted to be here, and I hope uh, I hope the people in, who are listening to your podcast like uh, understand my accent and everything. All right, they'll love Cause... it. People are weak the Irish <laughs> accent over here. I'm actually enjoying your accent as well because it's such like a um, Midlands sound. It's great. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. So we'll see you next time, Orange. Thanks a million. Bye. Bye, Lulu. Hi lads, thank you so much again for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the show. For more episodes, please do like, share and subscribe. And I also want to hear about your dating experiences, no matter what city, no matter what country you're living in, please do get in touch. You can reach out to me on Instagram at datinginberlin underscore book or you can email me at datinginberlinbook at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.